<laughs> What's going on, guys? Shaka Khan for you, bringing it to you this Monday. Happy Monday. I guess Tuesday. I should. I always say happy Monday because I'm recording it on Monday. Uh, if you're super quick to the draw, you might actually hear it on Monday because I usually upload it Monday night. But I don't really announce it until Tuesday, so we'll pretend you're hearing it on Tuesday. Nonetheless, hope your week is going good. Uh May the 22nd is when you'll probably be hearing this. I'm recording it on the 21st. Actually, my last week uh, last week working in Maryland, and it's really flown by. I got here on February 12th, I want to say, 15th, somewhere around the second week of February. Uh, and this, this contract has really just flown by. They all tend to do that, but usually I extend. This wasn't a scenario where an extension was offered or needed, and so... Um, it kind of just a one and done 13 weeks. Uh, it's been good. I've enjoyed it. The weather has actually been pretty, it was nice when I got here. We had a little intermittent cool weather, some rain recently, but, uh, it's overall, it's been nice. It's been a pleasurable experience. The people have been very friendly. Um, I've enjoyed Maryland. It's my first time here. Uh, I got the opportunity to go to Philadelphia and check that out. Check out the, uh, the Eagles facilities, Bleed Green, uh, big Eagles fan, so that was fun for me. As well as doing the touristy things, the Liberty Bell and stuff like that. Got the opportunity to have my dad drive out and enjoy uh, Ocean City and the beach a little bit with him, eat some seafood. Uh, Erica came out, the girlfriend. We went to Washington, D.C. and the beach as well. Uh, Both of our first times being to D.C. Got to do all of that fun, capital, uh, making America great again type stuff there um so overall it's been an awesome experience but it's winding down and i'm excited not because i want to leave necessarily but because i get to uh number one go home and see erica see friends and family for a little while uh number two head to california Uh, always enjoy california especially when i don't have to pay rent (laughs) it's ridiculously expensive out there i think the apartment that they're lining me up to get is something like $2,500 a month uh, for a one-bedroom, 600-square-foot apartment in Sunnyvale, um, just to give you an idea. Uh, That doesn't include any utilities or cable or anything else either. So I don't know how you people do it that live out west, but uh, it's certainly a beautiful place to visit if you can't afford to live there. Sipping on, switching it up on you guys, actually sipping on some red wine. Uh, I've probably done that at least one other time on the podcast. I do enjoy wine. I don't consider myself a wine connoisseur necessarily or a snob. Uh, I can't really talk about wine the way that I can beer. I don't fully understand it. I just know that it's tasty. Uh, And sometimes I actually like to switch it up and have a glass. I prefer red wine. I like dry, uh, more earthy, sort of bold, complex wine flavors not really into sweet wines really at all um i mean i you know it tastes sweet i can enjoy the flavor but if i'm going to really have a glass i want something that's more of a a sipper um and recently uh, i say recently as least of as of last year i first noticed these in washington state when i was there uh, over last fall and winter um, I, I started noticing that there's a few wineries, uh, vineyards, winemakers, I'm not sure what the correct terminology is, uh, that are releasing red wines that are aged and finished in uh, bourbon barrels and whiskey barrels. Um, I picked one up 
and uh, it was delicious back in Washington. I don't even remember the name of it. I'm sure I posted a picture somewhere if you flip back on Instagram way, way ways back. Um, but since then, I've actually bought two or three different uh, different bottles of, of barrel-aged, bourbon barrel or whiskey barrel-aged wines. Uh, they tend to be red wines. I guess that makes it. They tend to be Cab Sauvs, Cabernet Sauvignons, uh, seems to be the common wine that's tossed into a whiskey barrel. Um, everyone I've tried, I've liked. And uh, the other day, I kind of got a hankering. I haven't bought a bottle of wine in a while, and I got a, I was just kind of craving it. So I stopped at the, the wine store that's close to my house here in Maryland, uh, and I just happened to see a Jacob's Creek uh, double barrel Cabernet Sauvignon uh, red wine finished in aged whiskey oak barrels for th- three months. Um, apparently, this is not, I would say this is a value wine. Uh, me not knowing anything about wine, it has a screw on metal cap, not a cork, uh, which instantly makes me think cheap. I think it was something like $12 for the bottle. Uh, winery out of Australia, so it's not a local or a uh, you know a California wine. Um, says they start with ripe, intense fruit from selected vineyards. Uh, it's first matured in traditional wine oak barrels before being finished in aged Irish whiskey oak barrels for three months prior to being bottled. Um, this unique double barrel technique imparts additional layers of complexity and smoothness. It definitely adds a little more of that sort of oaky uh, wood character to the wine that you would normally get anyway, but it just seems to be a little more powerful. Um, not so much getting in this one, but in the other bottles that I've had that were specifically bourbon barrel aged, uh, there is sort of a hint of that bourbon barrel character, like that vanilla sort of earthy kind of sweetness that you get from barrel-aged beers. But, you know, if you can imagine that, if you're a wine drinker in a red wine, um, I don't know. I think it's really good. Um, if you're a wine drinker, you know, and you haven't tried a barrel-aged wine, there's several examples. I've even seen bottles at Target uh, of barrel-aged wine. If you've got, you know, I mean, so you don't really have to go to like a specialty shop to find it. You don't have to pay $50 for a bottle. Um, I don't even, I'm sure that if you're an actual wine connoisseur, you probably scoff and turn your nose up at barrel aged wine, like, you know, something that you, you shouldn't do to a wine, but, uh, I like it. And if you're anything like me, you'll probably like it. So maybe, uh, try it out. This podcast may seem a little bit mumbled, jumbled, uh, disorganized, uh, random. Uh, I didn't really prepare. I usually, I don't like, they're not scripted or anything like that. Obviously it's not anything super professional, but I do usually try to kind of sit down and take notes or like write down key points that I want to touch on throughout the podcast. I haven't done that, uh, mostly just because I've been busy and uh, I've been packing, you know, getting ready for this drive. I'm going to actually be leaving early Saturday morning, planning on stopping in uh, Columbia, South Carolina, I think the first night. Uh, That's about the midway point between me and uh, Arkansas where I'm headed. I'll spend a few days in Arkansas, like I said, with friends and family. We're actually going to the lake on Memorial Day. Uh, we'll be at Mountain Home on Lake Norfolk. Beautiful area up there. My girlfriend's family has property there and a boat and everything like that. So we usually go there for summertime lake activities. Uh, it's always a good time. So looking forward to kind of unwinding a little bit, having a little one-day vacation, if you will. Uh, pretty quick turnaround between this job and the next one, which, I mean, it is stressful at times because – 
there's usually lots of packing and errands and things that I need to take care of uh, when I get home. Uh, but at the same time, I don't like taking a lot of time off. I, I, I really enjoy traveling. I enjoy going to new places, uh, getting to a new area and exploring and things like that. And also, you know, if I'm being frank, I enjoy uh, getting paid and working and having that paycheck come in uh, and trying to put money back and things like that. And it gets really difficult to do uh, when you're not working <laughs> and you're not getting a paycheck and uh, you're spending money because you're home and you're with friends and you're going out and you're, you don't really have like a settled uh, apartment or anything because you're not usually there. So you're having to, you know, eat out a lot. And do, it's just a lot. It's just a it's it's very conducive to spending money when I don't work uh, consequently. So I don't like to take a lot of time off. Um, so usually a week. And then when you throw driving in, especially whenever I'm, I'm taking jobs that are literally across the country, uh, which has happened just so I didn't do it on purpose, but it's just so happened to happen these past two times uh, coming from Washington State to Maryland and now from Maryland to Palo Alto, California. I've got to factor in some drive time there. Uh, I could fly. The company will buy plane tickets if I want to fly uh, in a rental car. However, I found that uh, I did that for a while. Uh, the first year or so that I actually traveled, that's, that was the option that I opted to take. But now with home brewing and, and you know things like that, I really just find enjoyment in packing up my own things into my own vehicle, taking my time, planning stops along the way to kind of make a road trip out of it and see sites that I wouldn't normally see or didn't won't necessarily take the time to see on my own. I can stop in cool states along the way. You know, Colorado, the Grand Canyon, Mount Rushmore, Yellowstone National Park, just to name a few places that I've stopped on the way to jobs. So I've actually taken a liking to uh, extended road trips. It's not so bad. I usually break it up eight hours at a time. It's about all I want to be in the car. So I usually get as far as I can drive in eight to ten hours and then pull over and find a good place to stop, an Airbnb, a hotel, something like that. So factoring in the amount of time that it's going to take for me to drive from Arkansas to Palo Alto, uh, about three days. Um, you know, I'm only going to have two or three days at home. So I have to pack it all in. I have to see the grandparents, see the parents, uh, unload, pack up some new clothes, get things structured and organized. Um, but I'm looking forward to it. It's always a fun time. It's an exciting time to kind of, you know, uh, catch up with everyone so to speak so and you know like i said before taking erica and uh bert the cat i don't know if you if you're following me on uh hi hat brewing on instagram you've seen a few pictures of bert uh bert is actually a female cat she's going to be going with us to california as well so we're all excited to see what the future holds with that um in way of home brewing uh because that's probably how you found this podcast or at least a morsel of the reason that you listen to it not a lot going on, uh, you know, again, getting packed up, getting things ready, obviously not brewing anything. I did bottle uh, the Berliner Weiss into bottles for ease of transport and getting those back home and then to the next assignment for drinking. Um, did that on, uh, almost said Skype, did that on Twitch, uh, live Twitch stream bottling day. I actually made a post on uh, the social media outlets as, as well as homebrewing Reddit uh, regarding that. Didn't have as many viewers on that one. I think people just probably aren't as interested in that as they are actual brew day. Uh, and don't worry, I do plan on streaming 
at least some, perhaps every brew day in the future. I'm, I'm leaning towards that. And, you know, just it's, it's easy to do. It doesn't really take any extra steps or time or effort, really, and, you know, other than turning on the camera. Um, and I think it's a good way to get people involved, and I, and I enjoy it. So I may end up streaming every brew day, but it's going to help having Erica there, too, and she's got nicer cameras and things like that. So uh, excited for what the future could bring with that. But nonetheless... I, uh, I set up a stream and I bottled that beer from the keg. My first time bottling a full keg, basically, a, a larger batch. I've done one or two bottles, but um, decided to do pretty much the whole two and a half gallon or three gallon keg. There's about two and a half gallons of beer in there. So bottled that up in about 12, 12 ounce bottles. And then I had a couple of 22 ounces to kind of finish it off at the end. Uh, went pretty well using the, uh, the system of a, a stopper with a... Uh, with a bottling wand, just the plastic tubing part, the hard cane part slid through the middle of the stopper and attached to a picnic tap. Um, if you're not familiar with that or if that all sounds like Spanish, lucky for you, it's all archived on Twitch. Go over to twitch.tv slash hihatbrewing and uh, look in the videos tab. You can see the whole stream. I've also broken it up, uh, a highlight there for it as well uh, that I posted on actually Instagram and Facebook this morning, Monday morning, so you might have saw that. Uh, but I did have a few people view uh, Chico Brews 1. I actually ended up sending him uh, some Bevsil Ultra uh, Accuflex beer line. Some pretty good stuff, some high-quality stuff, a little bit pricey, but I had some extra, about 35 foot. After redoing my beer lines, and I thought, you know, I'd pay it forward, I'd give it to somebody. And I, I wanted to give it away on Twitch, and so uh, he was uh, kind enough to tune in, and so I forwarded that on to him. I hope he gets good use out of it. I'm not sure if he even listens to this podcast, but if you do, cheers to you, and I appreciate you viewing. One moment. Uh, other than that, though, as I said, not a lot going on. I do plan on recording a uh, tasting video of the Black IPA that's been in the keg for about eight days now that should be coming up that will be coming up this friday so be sure and tune into the facebook the hi-hat brewing facebook page for hh brewtube episode i think it's 30 i've made 30 videos uh i start i made my first video in what august september maybe 2017 and here we are video 30 i mean come on guys I think credit is due here, um, but they're fun to make. I enjoy it, and I try to stick to a schedule. So there for a while, I was actually doing two a week, but with the podcast and the Twitch streaming and everything else now, that's basically not possible, uh, and I am in school and work, you know, not to make excuses, but I'm a busy person. But actually, you know, I think that's – I like being busy. Uh, I found, figured that out about myself. I don't know what to do when I don't have anything to do. Uh, it kind of drives me crazy, actually, so – uh, but anyway, video coming this Friday of the Black IPA. It's already drinking pretty well. I've had a couple of glasses of it, uh, to be honest, but I wanted to wait. It isn't fully carbonated yet. I'm thinking by tomorrow afternoon it should be ready. Uh, and I wanted to have a good level of carbonation in there before I recorded the video. So I'm planning on diving into that tomorrow afternoon and getting that video up on Friday. Uh, and that's really the last of the beer I'm going to have pouring in this apartment. Uh, I've got everything else bottled up, sealed up in boxes, ready to travel the country. Um, and yeah, that's that's basically it. I'm not sure what, as I said in the pri previous podcast, I'm not sure exactly what 
is on the docket for California as far as home brewing. I haven't made plans. I've got a few recipes in my phone that I may dive into, but I'm not exactly sure the order um, that that's going to be. Maybe get some input from Erica. Maybe get her in on some brew days. That would be fun to do. Uh, definitely going to get her in on more podcasts, more tasting videos, things like that. Um, but yeah, uh, other than that, I mean, let's see. What's a pretty crummy uh, week in the news? I guess last week we had another school shooting um, in Texas, of all places. I don't really want to harp on it too much because one of the one of the problems I think, you know, and, and what do I know? But one of the problems I think with all this is that the fact that we do give so much attention to these things, and I, it's kind of a two-edged sword. It's like you, there needs to be awareness, and obviously this is a big, uh, big deal. And it's not to be swept under the rug or anything like that. But at the same time, whenever we put these uh, vigilantes, these you know, these these troubled, mentally ill, violent people in the news, and they get all this notoriety, and everybody's googling the kid's name and wants to read about him, and what what did he say, and what happened, and why did he do it, and things like that. You know, it's infamy, and he's known to everybody. And so the result is that, you know, I would think there has to be some level of if, if other mentally ill, uh, crazy, insane people want to do these kinds of acts, if they think there's any sort of reason to it, like, you know, I don't know, everybody's going to know my name, or everybody will remember me forever because I was the kid that shot up the school. Like, there has to be a little bit of that, you know, uh, I think. And so I don't know if it's a good thing that we put it all over the news. Maybe we, at least we shouldn't even use the kid's face or his name, you know, just maybe talk about the fact that there was a school. Sh- I'm not sure what the pro- – me, like everyone else, has no idea what the right solution is. Uh, we're all just guessing. Um, I thought a couple of things interesting I do want to touch on about this one. <clears throat> As I take another sip of wine here before I lose my voice. Side note, you don't realize – how difficult it is to talk for 30 minutes nonstop until you try to do it. Uh, and you quickly find out that your voice kind of gets fatigued. Um, but anyway, I felt it was interesting with this guy because, number one, it was in Texas. And Texas being like the red, you know, we don't, we do what we want. Everyone carries guns. Everyone's, you know, it's just not... I would have expected the headline to be like, kid attempts to shoot up school, gets gunned down by four teachers. You know what I mean? Like, that's what I would have figured would have happened. Uh, And I don't mean to make light of it or joke about it, but it's tragic. Um, Terrible thing that happened. I think like 10. I Honestly, I haven't. I've actually almost purposely not Googled and read up on it. I've I've heard it and uh, seen it briefly in news postings and and, uh, podcasts that I keep up with and things like that. But I haven't really taken the time to research it or read into it a lot, but I think something like 10 kids uh, were killed, several injured. Um, and it's just surprising to me that it happened in Texas. But also what I heard this morning, actually on NPR podcast, they were actually talking about it. Uh, and almost as surprised, not really as surprising, but uh, kind of worth mentioning is the fact that the response to it is much different than what we've seen uh, from the past couple of school shootings that have taken place Um, And I think directly related to it being in Texas, we're not having marches on Washington and we're not having calls for unless I'm missing it. And if I am, then just ignore my ignorant rambling. Uh, We're not having calls for heightened gun control. Uh, In fact, what I heard from almost unanimously from those involved in the discussions in Texas was that uh, 
they don't want uh, heightened gun control or don't even see it as a as a feasible um, solution to the problem or even something that's possible uh, to get rid of guns. Instead, they're calling for things like metal detectors in schools, uh, arming teachers and staff, uh, heightened security, things like that. And from my perspective, that seems like a logical way to go. I mean, I know I hear the concerns that we don't want to create that sort of atmosphere for kids. Uh, why should we have to arm people in schools? You know, well, the reason we have to do it is because people are shooting schools up. It's not somewhere that you want those types of things. Uh, but at the same time, it's not somewhere that you expect somebody to go with a gun and, and start murdering people. And that's what's happening. So we have to address it. And I don't think that. You know, it's kind of cliche, but like, I don't think taking guns away is going to solve anything. I mean, there's laws in place for tons of things, drugs, you know, bombs, uh, you know, weapons. I mean, there's there's tons of laws and regulations in place that are broken every single day by people, criminals who have no respect for the law and no uh, sort of moral compass for doing the right thing. They're not going to care if there's a law that says you can't have a gun. If they want to get a gun, there's going to be a way to do it. And if they want to cause harm, they're going to find a way to do it. Um and I don't think that making it harder on people that follow the law and, and abide by the regulations that are already set in place uh, is necessarily necessarily the way to go, not to mention the implications on the Constitution and rights and things like that. Uh, disarming citizens, it just seems like one step closer to communism. I mean, I, I don't know. I know that seems like a, you know, a reach and... Uh, Basically, I'm just I'm more or less what I'm saying is I just feel like it's, you know, I think arming, you know, if if teachers want to elect to have uh, specialized training and being armed on campus and uh, making it known that, you know, these campuses have armed guards or you have to go through a metal, you know, you have to go. You can't go into a museum without going through a metal detector. You can't go into an airport without going through a metal detector. You can't go into you know, concerts without going to metal, metal detectors, sporting events, tons of places where families and kids go and have tons of fun. They're not traumatized by the fact they have to go through a metal detector. I mean, why is that such a bad thing in a school? I mean, it costs money. I, I mean, you can make that argument. Uh, you can make the argument that these kids are just running onto campus and wouldn't even go through the metal detector. That could be the case in some of these instances. I don't know if they're like going through half their day with a gun in their backpack, but like I said, I mean, it's just... Whatever the cause is, I don't know if it's a mental health issue, if it's a parenting issue, is it video games, is it music, is it media, is it just a disconnect between people? Uh, I don't know what the root cause is, but I mean, I think the solutions are pointing more towards something like that, heightened security. Um, I heard an interesting, and I don't want to keep rambling on this too much longer, but I, w- I do want to get to this point as I sip my red wine. Pinky is out, by the way. Uh, always pinky out. An interesting input, piece of input that I got from a coworker today. She said that, you know, back in the day, if you had a problem with somebody, you guys just fought. You know, you, you singled out that single person. Uh, you might have met up somewhere. Um, you know, and now it's like instead of if you have an issue with a bully at school or there's someone that you don't like or there's something you have a disagreement with, instead of taking it out on that single person, it's like the kid chooses to lash out against the entire school. Um, 
you know, it's just a, it's just an interesting dynamic. Um, I think that's changed culturally. I don't know what the cause is again, but it's it's terrible. I mean, and that's that's basically the bottom line to it. But anyway, uh, getting off of the school shooting topic. Lightening it back up, uh, going to wind this one down with a few things that I've learned about Maryland since being here. Um, first of all, Maryland and Delaware are two different states. Uh, if you didn't know, they're very closely sandwiched together. However, uh, they are, in fact, separate. Delaware does not charge a sales tax, fun fact. So if you live in or near Delaware, uh, buy your groceries there, buy your beer there. Uh, you get it tax-free, which is pretty cool. Uh, Old Bay seasoning goes on everything, uh, if you didn't know, even Old Bay. So if you put Old Bay on your food, uh, put some Old Bay on your Old Bay and uh, and make it even more delicious. Quite a few great breweries in this part of the country, in this little nook in the ocean, if you will, uh, this little peninsula sort of jutting finger into the Atlantic. Um, probably my favorite brewery that I visited while I was here, not Man, well, now that I think about it, that's a tough call. But I'm I'm I'm, I'm going to say it's not probably. It's definitely the favorite brewery that I visited while here was Burley Oak, uh, and they're actually in Delaware, uh, Berlin, Delaware, or is it Maryland? Let me pull it up on the on the Google here. Google will know. One minute. No, it's Maryland. Um, Berlin, Maryland. They, all, you know, like I said in the first point, they all kind of run together. <sighs> Excuse me. Wine makes me belch. Apparently, uh, Pinky's out though. Burley Oak makes delicious beer. <sighs> all right, that's done. Burley Oak makes delicious beer. If you follow them on Instagram or if you're any sort of beer social media viewer, you already know that um, hazy IPAs. But I think their claim to fame, or at least it seems like, is their Dream Series, spelled with a J instead of a D. Uh, I don't know what that stands for. I think it's an acronym. I could be wrong. But basically, it's like a Berliner Weiss, Kettle Sour, Lacto, Hoppy, uh, Adjunct, Beer. Like, like Sour Milkshake IPA with Fruit. You know? Like, I had I had one that was Blackberry Dream. It was like... A blackberry sour with uh, vanilla, cinnamon, like a few other random, like graham cracker. I mean, you know, just lactose, really just crazy stuff. But the result is a delicious, uh, very, you know, silky, thick mouthfeel, like liquid pie almost, liquid cheesecake, like just really good stuff, beer. Uh, But among that, they had some really good... IPA, some really good pale ales, some good lagers. Um, I mean, just everything we tried there. Erica was actually with me, and she enjoyed it all as well. Every beer we tried there was delicious, so I have to give them my favorite, my uh, traveler's pick, if you will, if you're in the area. Uh, I did make a trip up to Tired Hands uh, while I was in Philadelphia. Enjoyed that a lot. Enjoyed Evil Genius Brewing in Philadelphia. Uh, Enjoyed, um, oh, what's their name? Uh, yard brewing. I don't know why I couldn't think of that. Yard brewing in, in uh, Philadelphia, really good stuff there. 
2SP is actually a brewery, which is a very strange name for a brewery, I felt like. 2SP. Uh, on the way back to Maryland from Pennsylvania, I think it's actually in Delaware. Um, but they had some really good beer. There's tons of good breweries out here if you're going to get this way. Uh, Dogfish Head, obviously. I went and checked that out. Cool spot. Interesting tour. I did that one by myself, if you remember that. Uh, but it was fun. Um, definitely some good beer being brewed out here. Third Wave, how can I forget them? They're doing some great things with the Berliner Weiss. They have like a whole uh, release of Berliner Weiss beers that they throw fruit in. Uh, a rotation, apricot, blackberry, boysenberry, kiwi, mango, I don't even know, black currant, I think they did recently. Like they're just a lot of different ones. They're all delicious. Um, small brewery. Funny fun fact, uh, interesting thing to note: the actual is a there actually is a brewery right here in Salisbury where I'm living. Um, uh, what is the name of that brewery? Why is my brain why is my brain not working? Damn you, red wine. Evo Evolution 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 Evo uh, Evo Brewing here in Salisbury. I actually. Um, I actually haven't been to that brewery at all. In fact, I don't think I've even drank any of their beer. Uh, And the reason for that is I kept seeing the beer on shelves in grocery stores, but the brewery is literally right across the street from the hospital, literally across the street from the hospital that I work at. And so I kept telling myself, like, oh, I'm going to go there one day and have a flight or try a few. And uh, I never did. And every time I saw it in the store, I was like, well, I'm not going to buy any because uh, eventually I'm going to go to the brewery. Why would I buy it at the store if I can just drink it at the brewery? So I'll just wait. And so, like, I just kind of kept going back and forth and never did either one. So here we are the last week I'm here. In fact, you know what? I might do that uh, this week, maybe Friday after work, just to kind of just to kind of give one last cheers to Salisbury. I may go to Evolution and, and have a few pints because I haven't been there at all, and I should definitely do that. Um, the couple of things actually rubbed me the wrong way about that brewery, not to sound too schnobby. Uh, it's a big brewery in a small town. Actually, I'm pretty sure they used to be in third waves facility and they since upgraded to this larger space. Not that I have anything against large, you know, breweries growing cause that's cool. Um, but just, you know, you see the big brewery, you see their beer in every, every grocery store, every package store within, However many miles, uh, you kind of get this commercialized feel. They're having lots of variety packs, and they have you know a bunch of stuff like that. I don't know. It just I felt like it wasn't going to be as unique, as genuine, as craft as I really wanted. Uh, and then secondly, I heard that they are like the only place around here that doesn't offer uh, American Homebrewers Association discount in their tap room or their gift shop, which I thought was kind of like, why would you not do that if you're a craft brewery? So I don't know, but I do need to give them a shot. Um, you know, so I'll probably do that later this week. Uh, now that I'm thinking about it, that seems like a good idea, but anyway, guys, we're over the 30 minute mark. Uh, just wanted to check in, kind of give you guys an update. Definitely be following the social media. Um, keeping up with what I got going on. As I said, huge road trip. If, if I happen to be driving through your area or if you see my Range Rover, uh, you know, the hi, the hi-hat brewing mobile, I don't, I don't really call it that, but, you know, whatever. Uh, if you happen to see me somewhere or if I'm going through your area and you know it, shoot me a message. 
you know, we'll meet up at a brewery. We'll have a pint. We'll do something cool. That would be awesome. I've got, I'm loaded down with homebrew. I'll definitely share with you if I run into you on the road or if you're in Palo Alto, uh, you know, hit me up. Let's hang out. If you're near, if you're on the West coast or in California, somewhere nearby, we'll definitely get together. I know I've said this before, but uh, I love interacting with you guys and meeting other home brewers and craft beer lovers and things like that. So, you know, don't be shy. Shoot me an email, hihatbrew at gmail.com or a DM on any of the social media platforms. I'm on everything at hihatbrewing. Uh, appreciate everybody following so far. Definitely keep up with the Twitch streams. More of those coming soon. Definitely go out and get you a bottle of barrel-aged red wine and uh, stay safe until the next episode. Cheers, guys. <laughs>